Chapter Twenty Eight of Prodigal Daughters by Joseph Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter Twenty Eight. Eleanor visits Peggy. When they reached Peggy's bedroom, the two sisters looked at each other for some time without speaking. It seemed as though a barrier stood between them, a barrier that both were afraid to pull down. "'I hope you're not cold,' said Peggy presently. "'There's a fire downstairs, but I wanted to have you a few minutes to myself.' "'I don't mind the cold,' replied Eleanor. "'Is anything the matter, Peggy? Why have you come here to live?' "'I'll tell you all about that presently.' replied the girl but i want to know about you these barnes girls have been saying all sorts of horrible things about you they aren't true are they i don't know what they have been saying replied her sister but there's nothing you need to trouble about are you still at speak and burnham's no replied the girl i've got another place where at another firm in the city good pay the same as i had before and that girl chelu isn't she called she's not living with you is she emily barnes says but i won't tell you no she's gone away replied eleanor calmly but another girl lives with me now one who is in the same office is she nice she's rather colourless and altogether uninteresting but she's all right tell me about yourself. Why have you come here to live? A flush mounted Peggy's cheeks. Oh, she said, I'm so miserable. Tell me about it. Jim said we could not afford to live in a place of our own, and, and it's too horrible to think about. Why? Aren't they kind to you? It's not that so much. They seem to have different feelings. They don't understand, you know. But there, I'm glad to have you. They'll be calling us down to tea in a few minutes. But I just wanted to get you up here alone first. Have you heard from father and mother? Not often, replied Eleanor. They came to see me soon after I left home. I told you about that. They've written to me twice since, and I replied that I preferred to stay where I was and to be alone. Then John wrote, asking if he might come to see me, and I told him no. Peggy gave a quivering sigh. Do you know Treb's home? she asked. He's engaged. Is he? Do we know the girl? No, but they say she's wonderful. How do you know? They came to see me. That is, father and mother did, before I came here. Tell me about it cried Eleanor eagerly. Why did they come to see you? Did they say anything about me? Then Peggy, unable to contain herself further, told her sister the story of the past few months. And they asked you to go home? Yes, and, oh, I did so long to go. Why didn't you? Would you? How could I? They refuse to have anything to do with Jim. They have insulted him again and again, and after what I had said to them, I could not. I wish you'd let me know how poor you were, said Eleanor presently. I would have helped you. 
But I thought you had only just enough to pay your way. Yes, but I would have managed to help you somehow. Would you? Oh, but I could not take anything. I couldn't really. I say, Eleanor, it hasn't been a great success, has it? Eleanor was silent. Why haven't you been to see me? asked Peggy presently. Still the other girl did not speak. Oh, you need not be afraid to tell me, and Peggy noted her sister's looks. I know what you feel. You never liked Jim, I know, and now it's worse than ever. Do you still like him? asked Eleanor. Is he kind to you? Of course he's kind to me lied peggy in an attempt to be loyal and of course i'm fond of him but yes it's being here the girl almost sobbed his mother and sisters are just awful sometimes i think they mean to be kind but they don't understand they seem to think that father and mother should come to see them and should make jim an allowance they laugh at what they call my pride because i won't write home for help if i could only get away if if we two could be together but you have told me nothing about yourself and i want to know do you see much of Thames and Corey now? No. Why not? Have you quarreled? I don't see anything of her anyhow. Do you go to the Amazon Club? No, I haven't been for a long time. Why? I haven't, that's all. Oh, Eleanor, I do wish I could go home. Why don't you? I can't. You know I can't. I could not leave Jim, and they won't have him. I say, couldn't we manage to live together? You say you have a fairly good salary, and if Jim could find a cheap place, couldn't you come and live with us? We might manage then. I must think about it, replied Eleanor after a long silence. Perhaps it might be managed. I know you don't like Jim, persisted Peggy, but I wish you could. I would do anything to get away from these people here. It's not only Jim's sisters, but they're young men who come to see them. They're simply awful. They expect me to laugh at their jokes and to be friendly with them, but I can't. I simply can't. You'll see them presently, and then you'll understand. There, tea is ready. Mrs. Barnes is coming for us. "'Come now, you two girls,' said Mrs. Barnes, entering the room. "'Tay is ready. How are you, Miss Trelawney?' holding out her hand to Eleanor. "'Glad to see you, I'm sure. I expected you to come here a lot after Jim and your sister were married. I'm not the one to bear malice. I say let's be friends, but come down right away. Tea's all on the table, and I don't keep it after five o'clock to please nobody, especially on a Sunday afternoon.' Evidently, the occasion was intended to be an important one. A round table, too large for the room, had been placed in the centre of what they called their drawing-room, and was covered with a large amount of eatables. Chairs were drawn up all round it as if for a large party. 
no sooner had eleanor and peggy come down than emily and edith barnes followed by their swains came out of the back room while jim barnes stood at the foot of the stairs waiting to receive them hello eleanor cried barnes with a great show of heartiness now this is what i call something like i'm sure i'm pleased to see you how are you what not one kiss for your brother-in-law come now i say i must salute my sister with a brotherly kiss and barnes put his hand on her shoulder as if to carry his words into effect yes and why not said mrs barnes as eleanor drew away i'm sure nothing could be more natural my husband's brother andrew barnes he was a clerk in a surveyor's office he was always came to see us twice a week after we were married and he never failed to kiss me i should have thought it funny if he hadn't nothing doing jim cried emily's swain a young man who rejoiced in the name of sam pilling i say that's too bad sam pilling was emily barnes's latest conquest both the young men who were at primrose terrace on the night general trelawney first returned from abroad had long since been forgotten but i think the young lady's quite right went on pilling kissing ain't for public i say it's a private affair what do you say miss trelawney well kissing or no kissing interposed mrs barnes it's tea-time and i hate tea when it's overbrewed or when it gets cold overbrewed tea always gives me indigestion as for cold tea it's just horrible there now sit down the table is rather small for so many of us so you'll have to squeeze up not the slightest objection to squeezing mrs barnes laughed pilling indeed i think it's okay there now we're all snug and comfortable plenty of room haven't you miss trelawney tell me if i'm squeezing you too tight at this there was a general titter although emily barnes was much annoyed that pilling should have chosen to sit beside eleanor instead of herself eleanor won't mind remarked emily when the laughter had subsided will you the girl was saved the pain of answering by mrs barnes asking in a loud voice who would and who would not have sugar look here mother said barnes after that lady had finished pouring out tea this cake and stuff is all very well but both pilling and leatherhead have come all the way from balham and they'll be a bit peckish haven't you got anything more substantial oh yes replied mrs barnes cheerfully i boiled a bit of am yesterday and it's on the sideboard in the other room if anybody would like to have a bit of am say so will you eleanor my dear make yourself quite at home you're one of the family and i'm not going to call you miss trelawney any more jim shouted mrs barnes to her son who had gone to cut the ham there's some mustard in the cupboard and pepper and salt too if anybody wants it but i'm afraid it's too much of a crush to have the pickles out aren't you having any ham miss trelawney asked pilling who was vigorously plying his knife and fork his people originally came from yorkshire where what they called high teas are common 
Eleanor replied in the negative. Oh, well, London ways are all very well, remarked Pilling, but give me old Yorkshire. It may be a bit rough up there, but we know what's what. In her endeavour to be agreeable, Eleanor entered into conversation with Pilling, who seemed to find her company vastly entertaining. Indeed, he became so interested in what Eleanor said that he paid but little attention to Emily Barnes on the other side of the table. As a consequence, that lady became jealous. In addition, she had anything but kindly feelings towards Eleanor. She remembered the conversation between them on Hampstead Heath some time before, which had rankled ever since. She thinks she's honouring us by being here to tea, she reflected, but I'll pay her out before long. Now this is what I like, remarked Mrs. Barnes presently. All the children home and everybody happy. Yes, I know things are terribly dear, but dear as they are, I hope everybody will have a good meal. That's what my poor husband used to say when people came in to have a bite with us. Cut and come again, was his motto. Ah, but things are different now from what they were then. I say, said Leatherhead, who, sitting next to Edith Barnes, was enjoying himself vastly. Couldn't the whole lot of us do a theatre tomorrow night? Come now, Mrs. Barnes, couldn't you shut up the house for one evening? There's a good piece on at the Lyceum, and nothing would please me better than to pay for two or three seats. What do you say, Pilling? I'm game, said Pilling, and I've heard the play's a good one. Plenty of fighting and spying and mystery. That's the sort of thing I like. What do you say, Miss Trelawney? I'm sure it will give me great pleasure to take you. I'm afraid I can't, replied Eleanor. But why? Have you another engagement? Of course she has, said Emily Barnes, who thought she saw a chance of paying that stuck-up Trelawney girl out, as she called it. The Lyceum is too tame for her. She prefers going to the frivolity with Mr. Wakeham and to some place to supper afterwards. By the way, how is Mr. Wakeham, Eleanor? Come, come, Emily, that's going a bit too far, interposed Barnes. Why is it going too far? asked Emily, by this time madly jealous at the attention her lover was paying Eleanor. She does go to the frivolity with Mr. Wakeham, and a man I know told me he saw them at supper at the Azure Sky, one of those fast nightclubs that was raided. Of course, Mr. Wakeham is a married man, but that doesn't matter, does it? Come now, it's no use getting huffy about it. We know what we know. A flush of shame surmounted the girl's face, and she did not know what to say. She felt as though her horrible experiences of the evening to which Emily referred must be known to all London, and she would have given anything to have got out of the room. Her previous experiences during the afternoon were painful enough, but she felt that this was more than she could bear. "'And what if a girl does go out for an evening's enjoyment?' cried Pilling, who evidently admired Eleanor very much. "'As far as I know, there's no harm in the friv, or going out for a bit of supper and a hop afterwards. Everybody does it these days.' 
some people seem very lucky sneered emily it isn't every typist that can drink champagne with their suppers no it isn't laughed pilling i wish i could get it sometimes now if we've all finished tea broke in mrs barnes you'd better get into the other room peggy and i will wash up the tea things now miss trelawney you must not take any notice of emily she's a bit tart with her tongue but she doesn't mean anything wrong go into the sitting-room and make yourself at home there's a nice fire there i'm afraid i can't stay any longer replied eleanor i must go but not yet objected mrs barnes it's only just turned six thank you i really must get back well if you will you will assented mrs barnes after a great many protestations had been made but i don't see any reason why we expected you to spend the evening with us i'll see you home anyhow said barnes no no please don't trouble replied eleanor i can quickly get to the station from here couldn't think of it persisted barnes what see my own sister-in-law go home alone no indeed that wouldn't do but i really prefer it urged the girl i couldn't think of your leaving peg oh peg's all right i often leave her of an evening you see she has mother now i'll put on my overcoat right away but i really couldn't dream of it said eleanor with a note in her voice which even barnes could not help noticing do you mean to say you'd rather not have me he said with heightened voice very well i'm not the one to push my company upon any one oh please don't take it that way said eleanor who was anxious for peggy's sake not to have any unpleasantness but i really would prefer to be alone of course she would laughed emily no doubt she has her engagements jim and although you have married a girl without a penny to her name the trelawneys think themselves superior to the barnes peggy had listened to all this in positive agony she had heard a garbled account of what emily barnes had said to her sister when they met on hampstead heath but she had no idea that the girl would have said such things before others she saw how every word had cut eleanor like a knife saw the anger and pain which she had tried to suppress emily she cried passionately i did not bring my sister here to be insulted had i known she should not have come well we didn't want her retorted emily we may be common people but we are respectable stick up for your family jim talk about insult indeed we don't go to night clubs with married men of course she wouldn't let you kiss her jim but i'll warrant she was not so particular about mr wakeham her own brother-in-law isn't good enough for her oh do let me get out of this cried eleanor losing control over herself put on your hat and come with me to the station peg that's it is it shouted barnes you wouldn't let me come with you but you'll drag peg out i'm going to have a kiss before you go 
what happened after that eleanor could hardly tell she remembered a wild struggle with barnes and presently found herself in the street with peggy by her side as they neared camden town station she grew calmer i couldn't peg really i couldn't she said couldn't what asked peggy couldn't live with you and that man forgive me i don't want to hurt your feelings but i really couldn't peggy was silent she realized what was in her sister's mind and while she felt somewhat angry she could not blame her i hate the thought of you going back to them said eleanor presently it's horrible simply too horrible ejaculated the other look here come with me to live we could manage somehow i need not pay any more for rooms you shall sleep with me as you used to when we were kiddies and-and perhaps i could find you work peggy's eyes flashed at this and for a moment she seemed as though she would accept her sister's suggestion she shook her head despondently however no she said i can't leave jim but forgive me for asking you there if i had known oh never mind me interrupted her sister i'm all right it's you i'm thinking about come and see me often peg i nearly always stay in of an evening now and i get home from business at half-past six i dare not replied the girl they say things bad enough to me now when she returned to Primrose Terrace, she went straight to her bedroom and sat there in the dark. Barnes heard her come in, and when she didn't come downstairs and join the others, he went to her. "'What are you moping here for?' he asked angrily. "'Why don't you come down with the rest and be pleasant?' "'I want to be alone, Jim,' was her reply. "'Alone? Why do you want to be alone?' oh you're thinking about eleanor i suppose well what business had she to be so hoity-toity peg did not reply aren't you going to speak aren't you coming down with the others and be pleasant still she was silent oh hang your dirty pride he said with an oath well if i can't have a bit of comfort here i shall go where i can soon after he left the house. After that, Peggy's life became a perfect misery. Mrs. Barnes upbraided her with being utterly useless, besides being a drag on the family. If you'd only be sensible, said Mrs. Barnes, Jim would like you better, but how can he care about a girl who is always peevish and never brings a penny to help? Oh, I tell you straight, we are not going to stand it much longer. The girls are complaining, too, and say the place isn't like home any longer. If you want to keep Jim, you'd better swallow your pride and get your family to help you. What would a few pounds a week be to them? Nothing, and it would be a great deal to us. As for Barnes, he seldom stayed in the house at night. When he came home from work, he partook of his food in silence, and then went out alone, while Mrs. Barnes and her daughters would look at each other significantly. "'Do you know where Jim goes to?' asked Peggy on one occasion. "'He won't tell me.' 
oh he goes where he can have pleasant society retorted emily it's no use saying i like it said mrs barnes woefully but jim was always that way and i've always said that he liked agnes best of all the girls he kept company with of course she has a nice house too and nobody would be pleasanter or more entertaining than jim when he's a mind to a little later peggy realized that an air of mystery prevailed in the house there was nothing definite upon which she could fasten but from the sudden silence which fell upon mrs barnes and her daughters whenever she entered the room she could not help realizing that they were discussing matters about which they did not wish her to know have you seen your sister lately asked mrs barnes of her one day i've only seen her once since she was here replied peggy but you should my dear urged the woman with a show of friendliness we don't want to be a disturbing element between relations of course she thinks herself too good to come here again and we think ourselves too good to have her snapped emily still i say you ought to go and see her sometimes continued mrs barnes at that moment barnes came back to his dinner and evidently something unpleasant had happened for he was in a bad temper i was just saying to peggy that she ought to go and see her sister oftener why don't you spend a saturday afternoon with her typists are always free of a saturday afternoon would you mind if i went jim asked peggy and there was eagerness in her voice i don't care where you go was his reply you can throw yourself in the river for all i care come jim you don't mean that said his mother coaxingly don't mind him peggy my dear you go and have a chat with your sister it will do you good it came about therefore that on the following saturday afternoon peggy made her way to eleanor's rooms look here peg said eleanor i'm not going to ask you any questions but we're going to have a jolly time i have been very economical lately and i can afford to give you a treat we will go to a matinee of chu chin chow this afternoon and then we'll go to a nice place for tea and after that we'll come home here and spend the evening together that's awfully good of you you're sure you can afford it perfectly sure it will be lovely cried peggy but i must not get home later than nine o'clock that can be easily managed come on for nearly three hours the girls forgot their troubles in the brilliant spectacle at his majesty's theatre and afterwards according to eleanor's programme they went to a cosy tea-room where they spent some time together we've had a glorious time cried peggy when at length they reached eleanor's room but eleanor you don't seem happy don't bother about me i'm all right and don't let's think of anything unpleasant let's talk about old times when we were kiddies together for more than two hours they chatted together as girls will eleanor appeared to be gay almost hilariously so while peggy forgetting for a moment her associations with primrose terrace 
seemed something like the Peggy of old times. Oh, if we could only live together, Eleanor, if we could only spend our evenings like this. But we can't, replied the other. I must say it, Peg. I simply could not stand that man. I know you have married him, but, but he's impossible. Won't you leave him and come with me? No, replied Peggy. Even yet she felt she must be loyal to him. The evening before he had remained at home, and she thought he appeared kinder and more thoughtful. Just before nine o'clock, Peggy left St. Hildebrand's Mansions for Camden Town, and she shuddered as she made her way through the cold, wintry night. It was not raining, but the air was dank and depressing. The streets were muddy and miserable. As she neared the station, her mind flashed, in spite of herself, to her old home. Her conversation with her sister had brought up a thousand memories of those days before the war, when as children they laughed and romped in the great playroom. She thought of a party they had once had, when her father had come into the room dressed as Santa Claus, and had given them all sorts of presents. What fun they had! What laughter! And she had given it all up for this. She was still only a child in years, and yet she felt that her childhood was passing from her, and that she had nothing to look forward to but a lifetime's association with the Barnes family. How mad she had been! Not only mad, but wicked! For she had been wicked. She felt it now. She remembered the look on her father's face as she saw him last, realized how old and how haggard he appeared, and yet he had been kind and loving through it all. Then she thought of her mother, thought also of the way she had defied her, and threatened her, and why had she done it? How had it all ended? Would Barnes be home when she arrived at Primrose Terrace? She did not expect him. She almost hoped he would not be. Oh, the horror of the place, the miserable, squalid, coarse, common horror of it all. Yes, she had been a fool, and worse than a fool. She, too, had been common and vulgar. She had been enamoured of people of whom she now felt ashamed. Fancy introducing Barnes to her father's friends. But more than that, she had been wicked. Yes, positively wicked. She had saddened the lives of both her father and her mother. Again, her mind flashed back to the old home of her childhood, and she remembered how her father used to put her to bed and listen to her while she said her prayers. She called to mind the words with which she always finished her prayers. God bless Daddy, and Mummy, and Trev, and John, and Eleanor, and make me a good girl, and bless everybody, and make them happy, for Christ's sake, Amen. She had laughed at all this. Now she was going back to Camden Town, to Primrose Terrace, and to the Barnes family. She left the train at Camden Town, and found her way through the dismal muddy streets to Primrose Terrace. When she arrived at number 13, she found the place in darkness. What did it mean? Mrs. Barnes never went out in the evening, although the girls always went to the pictures on a Saturday evening, and generally returned about half-past ten with their young men. She tried the door. It was locked. 
and silence reigned in the house the houses on either side of number thirteen were also in darkness what should she do perhaps mrs barnes thought she would not be home until late and had gone with her daughters to the movies she remembered a picture palace in the main street not far away she would go there and spend an hour by that time mrs barnes would have returned a little later she had partially forgotten her troubles in watching an impossible story being reproduced on the screen then when it was over she came out into the street again a clock nearby struck half past ten she hurried back to primrose terrace and found that number thirteen was still in darkness what could it mean they knew she was out and she had told them she should return about nine o'clock she seized the rusty knocker and rapped at the door there was no response she knocked louder still no answer she began to be frightened something had happened and with a kind of frenzy she knocked still louder then she heard a movement in the adjoining house and the door opened who's that it's i mrs simpkins mrs jim barnes oh it's you is it well mrs barnes asked me to tell you when you came back that she and her girls had gone away for a bit of an holiday but where i don't know nothing about that she said they might be away several days i expect this letter would tell you all you want to know she asked me to give it to you if you should come good night dark ain't it and the woman sniggered meaningly peggy took the letter like one in a dream she was too bewildered to readily comprehend the meaning of it all she walked to the nearest lamp-post and opened the letter it was in barnes's handwriting but there was no address or signature i've had enough of it she read and so i expect have you if you want your liberty you can easily get it i'm going my way and you can go yours end of chapter twenty eight